You're listening to Screeners and Dailies, part of the Real Change Movie Podcast. All right, we're coming in hot, real hot. It's Monday. Star Wars has just opened over the weekend. Today, it is December the 18th. All right, guys, this is going to be all Star Wars. Uh, we're just going to come right out and say it. We had, I know it's been a couple weeks, and we had a, a lot of good topics. And we're going to explore these because they're, they're, they're not going to go out of touch by the time we cover them. But once, once Star Wars came out, and not even just our individual opinions of it, we wanted to talk about it. An entire backlash reminiscent of 2008, and we're going to dig into that again because now we're forced to. It's screeners and dailies. Um, Charlie, how you doing? Uh, doing pretty well. <laughs> I just wanted to ease doing into the. Right. I'm trying to ease into this because I feel like I it, this is going to get this. This it's, uh, like, it's like the roller coaster, but we don't get the drama of going up the roller coaster. It's just it, all down. Yeah, I mean, I just feel like you're gonna There's pop. No anticipation. It's just popping out of the trench with just a couple of machine guns and just charging at the line. This is Gallipoli, is what this is about <laughs> to become. Stay on target. <laughs> Stay on target. All right, so what we're gonna try and do here is at least for some of you, this may be a short podcast because we are going to do non-spoilers in the beginning here. To be fair to those who may not have seen. The Last Jedi yet, we're going to do non-spoilers, at least in a general sense, what we thought about the movie and things of that nature. And then that's when we're going to break out the flak jackets and we're going to go in hard because it is going to be a spoiler-rich section that is going to be talking about things even beyond the movie because guess what? People made it a thing. Okay, so to begin with, just non-spoilers. Charlie, you saw it. I have seen it now. Um, it's just our first viewing. We are going to be seeing this, obviously, multiple times over the next year plus. What did you think of Star Wars The Last Jedi? It's it's interesting with Star Wars because Star Wars is one of those rare movies or movie franchises where your opinions can change with every viewing of a certain Star Wars movie. My I went into this movie having only seen the teaser i media blacked out myself from everything else trailers reviews you name it uh so i, I didn't even know what the story was and we <laughs> we walked out of that theater uh it was uh, michael and me and we both were elated uh we we had an absolute blast watching the movie and i remember one of the first thoughts i had once the credits rolled was Oh man, people are gonna love this movie. I can't wait to read the reviews. <laughs> so, so I, I'm a I'm a pretty big fan, and, and I'm still thinking about the movie. Um, you know, like even even while I was watching it, I mean, there were things that bothered me, but you know, you just kind of the it's such a spectacle. You just kind of let it wash over you, and you just go, "I'll think about it later." Because there's so much cool stuff that would happen immediately right after that you were more than okay with. Um, yeah, I it's it's a I thought it was a solid flick. I really did. Um, yeah, it's I mean, it probably maybe even more of an intense feeling that I felt after I got out of uh, Force Awakens. Because Force Awakens, when I saw that, I really liked it. But the more I've seen it, the more I the more I actually do like it. Like I actually love that movie. 
but my initial reaction once I got out of this was actually far higher than when I first saw Force Awakens. So that's me. I think second second act movies, I, I think, are one of the worst things anyone could try to do in in any franchise because you are doomed to be compared to Empire Strikes Back, and in this case, it's double that because you're a part of Star Wars, and now this is the second the second attempt post Empire at doing a number two. Attack of the Clones was one of the worst, if not the worst, Star Wars movie that's ever been made. I mean, it's not even it's, close. I don't even think Phantom Menace is nearly as bad as what Attack of the Clones ended up being just because nothing really... Uh, there's nothing elating about watching that second movie. And I feel like it was just... It tried... Everything, in a, even outside of Star Wars, everything's tried to live up to Empire. I've thought about it today, and I remember how bad I thought Iron Man 2 was after seeing Iron Man, and it was like... It, it felt like it needed to become something like Empire Strikes Back, and as much as it tried to, it just it, it failed. Like it just didn't it did not capture that same feeling from Empire, and it lost the feeling of that first movie. So I I wasn't concerned about this movie going in because I just felt like yeah, just from the stuff, and I, I will admit I did see all of the trailers leading up to it, mostly because it's fun to watch Wyatt watch them. And then become oh, so course. saddened because he figures out it's just a trailer and it's not continuing. So that stinks. That's always a little thing to have to mop up afterwards. It's, oh, I know, buddy. It's okay. It, it, it will, we will see it in the future, whatever he thinks that means. But that being said, like going into it, like knowing that, you know, okay, you're going to be going up against some obvious things. Another good example is J.J. tried with Into Darkness for Star Trek. And the... The reception was very mixed, to say the least, at his attempt to do a darker second act movie. This fan wise, yes, fan wise, it was right, absolutely. With this, I was amazed at the scope of this movie. It is massive, not even just in length, but like what it does. It's ambitious. It is the most ambitious Star Wars movie I have ever seen. Um, I felt like it. It made me laugh astonishingly. I couldn't believe how much I laughed in a Star Wars movie here. I couldn't believe how, like, actually, like, like on the edge of my seat I was throughout the movie. Like, they teased, they teased, they teased. They kept you waiting for the big, quote-unquote, big reveal, whatever the reveal was. And then finally, it was tear-jerking at times, just with, you know, things that are done just thematically and things that have to do with... Stuff outside the movie, like, unfortunately, Carrie Fisher's passing. All that said, I absolutely loved it. It was one of the most fun experiences seeing the movie, and I saw it by myself with a row of, of family members of, of a completely different family and a bunch of really, like, weirdos on the other side of me. And that all being said, like, all those mutants aside, it was a great time. It was... Uh, it, it was everything I could have hoped it would be after waiting. And it's funny is we didn't have to wait very long. Like this isn't like it back in the day of waiting like many years. And I say many, like, I mean, granted star Wars was always a three year wait in between, but, but still that like, it can be a lifetime, but with having rogue uh, one last year, didn't feel like we waited that long for this. And that being said, man, it, I, I, just, I couldn't be more impressed with it. Now it's not to say it doesn't have its issues. I'll tell you, I'll tell you this. After what it goes through in this movie, J.J.'s got a pretty big task ahead of them for episode 9. Because not even just living up to this one, I'm curious what he does. 
because they kind of empty the 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 the, uh, the they fire every round they can. They fire everything. They, yes, they do. They, they fire everything in this movie. Um, it, what other things you really want want to dig into with this in, in a non spoiler way? Would you think? In a non spoiler way, uh, I think it's going to be interesting with episode nine because JJ, <clears throat> as we've seen in the past, he's great at starting things. Like whether it's Force Awakens or it was Lost, Star Trek. He's great at start. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's a great movie. So yeah, he's great at, at starting things. But we've never actually seen him finish something, you know, because he's he's great at, at coming up with these great hypotheticals and well, what does this mean? Well, what does that mean? And and then he either he leaves it to somebody else. Typically, like Lost went until I think Carlton Cuse and Damon Lindelof and. And then we had Justin Lin do Star Trek, and now we have Ryan Johnson doing The Last Jedi. So I, I am very interested, especially with all the stuff that him and Lawrence Kasdan came up with in Force Awakens. And and the way that those things are dealt with in Last Jedi, what that means for J.J., uh, and whether or not he was okay with some of the decisions that happened in the movie uh, going into Episode Nine. Really hard not to go, to go into spoilers here. <laughs> yeah, I, <laughs> but, but it's, it's, it's a fine line. He... Um... JJ took a lot of flack for Force Awakens, and 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 I'm gonna say it was it was perceived as flack, and it was sometimes perceived as praise. No matter how you cut it, he, in a way, remade a New Hope. In a way, like I mean, it's let's face it, like there are not even just beats; there are literally scenes that are just updated in a, in a slightly different setting, but a very very similar circumstance in that movie and i'm not saying it's a bad thing it's just that's what they did they 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 found a way to reground it start a new foundation built upon an existing one but that's okay and i feel like universally everybody was for the most part pretty on board like i mean i heard people say oh he just ripped off uh new hope but uh, he did it pretty well so i'll give him credit it's okay to sometimes like kind of you know take something and spin it again in a different way just with in a with um a similar feel What's interesting about Last Jedi was that it lifts it lifts a little bit from each movie. It feels like because it's there's some things I feel like are very Return of the Jedi esque. They're very obvious things that are Return of the Jedi esque in that movie. It's not nothing you have to scrutinize and find. But at the same time, like Ryan Johnson kind of dares to take some things JJ started and was like, Nah, uh, I'm gonna do something different. It's like okay. He, I mean, mm-hmm. I, I mean, quite literally, and as you said, to to take it as close to being a, a non as as much non spoiler as possible. Like, there are literally things that were set up in Force Awakens that are either completely discarded or kind of muddy are muddled a lot to where we well maybe there is a payoff, maybe there's not. <laughs> we will see, and that really has become a bit of disconnect or discontent with. Uh, <laughs> with some people um and i can understand that to a point because uh, I'm, I'm with michael on this he said he said it's hard to believe that they don't have a bible uh, for the franchise you know like some kind of 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 um blueprint that they're going off of and ryan johnson i mean it's it's interesting too because you look at some of these other star wars movies that have had these production problems where Kathleen Kennedy has fired Lord and Miller or Michael Arndt got, got kicked out of force awakens or Gareth Edwards was mate was, I don't even think he 
directed the reshoots for Rogue One. No, Gilroy. Uh, no, he, yeah, Gil, Gilroy did. But whatever Ryan Johnson was doing, not only was it was it met with the you know all around approval of Lucasfilm, Kathleen Kennedy, and whatnot, but they they decided to give him his own trilogy that he can work on himself. That's how much they liked this movie, and and what they were seeing coming from this. And I find that very interesting because, yeah, it is a little strange thinking about Force Awakens and Last Jedi. And where does this go? Where does this go now? Because, not getting the spoiler territory, but it definitely feels like like a lot of the things in Force Awakens just that, that seemed important at the time uh, are either resolved already in the second part or they just weren't that important to begin with. And you gotta wonder what J.J. Abrams thinks about it. Like, what? What's because apparently that script isn't even written yet. Right, and uh, for, I, for episode nine, which is amazing to me. I am holding out in the back of my mind. Like, I, I, I understand what was said about Trevorrow. There are two major things. A was that you know, uh, Book of Henry isn't that what's called? Book of Henry flopped oh, terribly. Yeah. Number two was apparently his attitude, like. Like being, it was quite contentious in terms of working with management, in terms of what he wanted to do with Star Wars versus what they wanted to have happen. The combination of those things has been the narrative that has been sold as to why he is no longer directing Episode Nine. I don't think it's any coincidence, though, that that happened not long after. Like, it, it, I don't think it was any coincidence that J.J. Abrams was the guy that replaced him, even though there was this mini drama that was created about, oh, who's going to take it? Could George Lucas do it? He's not doing it. There's no way in hell George Lucas is touching these Star Wars movies because cranky George Lucas, I don't think, wants anything to do with the direction, especially after this movie, that it's going. Maybe, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. It just seems after seeing this that this is definitely way beyond where we were in 19, with the 1977 movies and so on. But, um... I, I, there's part of me that just believes that Abrams saw it like an advanced, at least, you know, a pretty much nearly complete version of this movie. It was like, holy smokes, this thing totally, like, I've got to, I thought what I did was something. This guy took it in a completely different direction that is just amazing. And I have to, I have to, as we say in wrestling, Charlie, you know, we got to get our heat back. <laughs> I got to get the heat back. And I don't, I, I mean, I'm reaching. I don't care. If that's wrong, I don't, fine. But at the same time, like, I uh, I think it's interesting him coming in. I, I'm, I, I'll tell you this, man. If he pulls it off, I will really elevate what I, th I think, I think pretty high of him now. I'll think a lot higher of him after episode nine. Because I think this trilogy is redefining how we look at trilogies. Because I was about to say, it's one of the best trilogies in recent memory. Because we've been preconditioned. <laughs> we we have yeah. been said Star the original Star Wars trilogy. Anytime we have another trilogy of movies, it seems like we're we're almost or even a saga, even beyond just three movies. Anytime we have like a a franchise, we're kind of preconditioned as to what we're supposed to expect. It's gotten so bad, like. I think more of these people are angry about what didn't happen in Last Jedi because they spent all this time hypothesizing and coming up with fan sites and YouTube videos that were very elaborate with ideas of what ha what would happen in this movie. Uh, or I maybe, watched them, man. oh I man, watched them. aren't they incredible? Like some of them are pretty high production they really value are. too. Well, well, yeah, and, and a lot of the speculation was 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 very interesting. But here's the here's the difference though, and this is 
I mean, not to make myself sound special or anything, but this is what separates me from most of those people. I still go into this movie just hoping that I'm surprised and, and, that, and that all these theories aren't, you know, I'm not sticking to these theories as, as uh, word of God stuff. You know, it's like, no, no, no. Like, these are just theories. And a lot of people, I think, I think people, the people that are upset about this movie, they're upset about what they didn't see as opposed to what they did see. Yes. And, but, yes. But, but, I mean, if you look back at Star Wars history, at least since Phantom Menace, that's been the story almost every single time. Because these people get these ideas of what the movie should be in their minds. And when the movie doesn't deliver or, or it isn't nearly what they think it's going to be, that's what makes them upset. And that's the part where I just don't understand these Star Wars fans. I, and I, I think it goes before Phantom S. I think it starts with Greedo, sh- Greedo shooting first. So 97. I think that is the start of – it's almost like the, the, the ownership almost that Star Wars fans feel that they have more so over the series than the people who make it. And it's like – it, I, I always back up to that William Shatner SNL. It, it's just a movie, you know. It, it's just a TV show. <laughs> I mean, I love it. I love it. Is my favorite f- film franchise ever. At the same time, there's a cognitive dissonance where it's like, okay, hold on. They're got like I, I trust what they're doing for the most part. They've they've done very very well. Everybody's been involved in Star Wars with making something. Talking about the movie, I'm not talking about those goofy TV things either, all right? Those Ewok specials. I'm not talking about that crap. I'm talking about theatrical movies. In terms of those, like, even though there have been been things I thought, oh, that'd be cool to see, and it didn't happen. It didn't make me look down on the movie or something, you know? Like, I I don't understand the ire that people have over that. It's like, I, I almost want to tell them, like, you know what? A camera is pretty cheap nowadays, and if you really are that enthusiastic about it, why don't you go make your movie? Go make it then, okay? People make Star Wars fan films all the time. Why don't you go, go, go be Some special? Some of them are pretty good. Yes, they are. Yes, Some they are. Pretty good. Yes. So it's, it, I, I get real mad when people just sit back and do nothing but just nonstop complain. And this is where we're gonna be leave. We're gonna be, we're gonna be om- we're going to be leaving the non-spoiler section soon because I want to start talking. Is A lot of this is going to get into reviews and it really the way people critique movies or rate movies, I should say, because it's just outlandish what this movie has shown, how people are. If you were to wrap it up, though, man, like just for somebody you may be like either speculative about it, like um, what would you say to them about Last Jedi? If I, if I can only pick one thing, I mean, I guess it would have to be have an open mind. Because that's that seems to be the big thing uh, with the complaints lodged against this movie. Um, the way, and this is not a spoiler, but I feel like I'm dipping. It's one of the constant things that I keep seeing is the way in which that the the force is used in the movie, and, and it's in a way that we've never seen it before. That doesn't mean it's impossible. That doesn't. I mean, the force is this mythical thing. You know, like it, it's it's an intangible idea, and why that idea can't uh, grow or mature or do something that we haven't seen before is against the rules. The, I, that's what I don't understand. So, 
basically, yeah, it would it would just be just go in, don't try not to have any preconceived notions, and just have a good time because that's what Star Wars is. Star Wars is supposed to be fun. I always say, like, if you can rank my favorite Star Wars movies to least favorite based on how bored I was, <laughs> and this movie is anything but boring. So on that level, I mean, I I, I don't know. I I, I just. I, I'm just kind of floored by the reaction. So just keep an open mind. <clears throat> I think that's the best thing you can say, really. Without getting into specifics of the movies, is have an open mind. It really is, uh, because if you go into it think like if if there's a certain movie you want to see, it's probably not going to be that one. Okay, it's not it. Oh, it won't be. No, it won't be at all. I I'll tell you, man, like watching it in the theater. I had I, I would have never thought it would have gone in some of the directions that it went. Yes. But that's what was exciting. That's why it was exciting to me. Because I don't understand these people. It's the same kind of people that wanted the uh, the extended universe to be brought into the movies. And it's okay. like, so you yeah. just want to see everything on screen that you've already read and know. Exactly. It's pretentious what, crap. Okay, hold on. What wait. Kind of, <laughs> right? But what kind of fun is that? What kind of fun is that to go into a movie... And to know everything about it. We had this discussion, I think, the last time about um, the book to film translation like with Harry Potter. You know, I, I, I don't understand why people want to see what they already know. Right. I, oh, my God. Like, and all this also, le- I don't know. Like, why do you, why would you, why would you waste time on something that you already have the answers to? Why? Like, it, it'd be like, why would you show it, like, why would you show up to your own surprise birthday party? Why would you even show up then? Because you already like there's no surprise at that point. I've seen the Sherlock. I've seen the Jeremy Irons SNL re Sherlock Holmes. It's awesome. It's really good. <laughs> but it's like that's a good sketch. You're absolutely right, though. Like what I loved about this movie, really for me, was to borrow from that. I mean, it is it is cheesy as hell. But the ending of Star Trek Two to cr- go across a different universe when Bill Kurt- Young. When yeah, that exact and because it made me because I've I will admit I have fallen I have fallen many a times into the trap of like oh I want, I I want to speculate to the point of knowing that this is what's going to happen in the next movie and I want to go in and that's what I'm I'm looking to achieve and this movie really broke me of that by the end of it I was like I'm so happy for whatever reason that it didn't do that I'm glad it went these directions versus. The directions that a, a few YouTubers had guided me down in terms of <laughs> things that were set up in, in uh, episode seven, but that's what made it so neat. And I think it really hit an awesome reset button to where it's like movies should be unpredictable. They should be fun. They should be to a point where you you should see you should view very little of it before you go in there, whether that's trailers exactly. or reading about it or getting so entwined about like. You can well, be excited about it, but don't like get consumed by it because that's when we were uh, see when we were in line, so we were in line for the popcorn, and Michael actually nudged me and told me to keep my head down, and I was like, "What do you mean?" And he goes, "They're playing the trailer on the screen right behind you." And then and keep in mind, this is the trailer I hadn't seen. So after we get out of the movie theater, I made it a point to go back to that screen and watch that trailer because I'd never seen it. And the first thing, the first thing I said, man, I said, "I would be furious." If I saw that trailer, because it, 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 
it sets up an expectation. Oh, it, it, it shows you just enough of these little things, which if you hadn't seen it like me, you were completely surprised and thrilled that they were going to do this in the movie. And you wouldn't you weren't going to have to wait another two years for this type of showdown or this. It's like that like that. I'm so glad I wasn't robbed of that. Real quick, what I would say, like, I, I think seeing the trailer would have been fine because they but they did a billion of these TV spots where they would show more things. What I will say, oh, yeah. having seen that trailer a lot and I've seen it a lot, it did not ruin anything in the movie for me. What's awesome about the trailer is that it's psyched out and it, it created this overthinking and it's awesome. Because everybody said, oh, well, because if you look at this in the trailer, look at the way the lighting is. There's no way this could happen in the movie. Oops. <laughs> and, and, and the movie just turns it on its head in a really neat way. The trailer was fairly benign, I would say, because the really, really awesome stuff that's in this movie, I never saw it in the trailer. The trailer showed just uh, uh, enough... In fact, what I thought was really interesting was the trailer doesn't really even reveal the new characters at all. At all. Which mm -hmm. I thought was fascinating because usually that's a dead giveaway. And like that says for certain that you're going to get that. But anyway, I don't want to get too much down that rabbit hole because at that point now we need to just start talking about the damn movie. So <laughs> let's wrap up. This is it for the non-spoiler section. We've gone about 25 minutes talking about this. So I'm going to give a countdown here. If you haven't seen The Last Jedi, you need to stop burn up your phone and leave just get out um because just pause the show go see the movie and then or or yet yeah, maybe that's a better this. solution don't destroy your phone come back and listen to the rest of the episode <laughs> all right so in three two one luke was the bomb man <laughs> <laughs> yeah, i was gonna say man that guy killed snoke okay we're all right let's start with the snoke thing okay because Let's face it, Force Awakens set up the biggest baddie of them all. I mean, literally, because of the way his hologram was, he looked huge. He looked massive. And it just seemed like this dude was going to be the end-all, be-all. And the dude doesn't even make it out of an hour and 30 minutes of this movie. <laughs> and uh, the reaction in the theater, because I've been reading a lot of these reviews on IMDb where people are saying nobody collapsed, nobody got excited, and my entire theater erupted several times yes. in this movie, and this was one of them. Yes. When when that when they when they show that shot of the lightsaber slowly turning, I mean, wow! Like like this is one of those things, man, where you would never think that they would do this. You would not think that they would that they would do this at all, and and they do and they give it to us, and it's just like we're in new we're in new territory. I was like the emperor. Emperor Palpatine didn't go off, go until our Return of the Jedi. Right, and that's and, and that and that's what everyone was expecting. Right, Did you notice that? There you go. A lot See, of these reviews. Yes, a lot of these uh, backhanded type reviews. You know, well, at least the original trilogy had the decency to get rid of Palpatine in the third one. The and blah, decency. Blah, blah. Like, oh, so oh, so oh, so now a, a carbon copy is okay. Right. Exactly. So, so you like the Force Awakens then? Well, no. Blah blah blah. And that this gets to my favorite part, my favorite review, which is the reason I find that The Force Awakens was so similar 
to A New Hope. And I honestly don't think it's that similar, but it's similar enough to where you would notice. The reason I think they did that was because so many people complained that the prequels were nothing like the originals. And J.J. and Lawrence Kasdan consciously made an effort to make a movie that was similar. Now, the majority of people liked it. They, they did. I don't care what anyone says. The majority of people like that movie. Yes. But there is a, a pretty large contingent that doesn't like it because it's too similar. And then we get The Last Jedi, which w- with a couple of nods to Return of the Jedi and, and a little bit of, of Empire Strikes Back. But all the Star Wars movies have similarities anyway, like e- even little ones. This is a completely different movie. It, it doesn't really follow a set formula. There's no three act structure. That's, I think that's what it has in common more with Empire Strikes Back than anything. There is no three-act structure. And that's it. And the story goes in all kinds of directions. And the same people that railed against Force Awakens for being too similar are now complaining that The Last Jedi is bad because it's too different. Right. This isn't my Star Wars. And this is, this is when I kind of just sat back and I thought about George Lucas. He could have made... He could have basically made Citizen Kane three times... Like with the prequel trilogy, and I I honestly believe people would still hate it. He could have made good movies, all three of them, that could have compared to the original trilogy. Damned if you do, damned if you don't. I mean, I I absolutely understand after the prequels and Crystal Skull and the reaction that that got, especially that one audience member at at the Cannes Film Festival who stood up after Crystal Skull ended and said, "You can't keep doing this to us, George." Even though he didn't, he didn't direct the movie, but you know a lot of the wacky ideas were his. But still, you know, I can absolutely see why he wanted to sell everything off and be done with it. I, I, I honestly, I can't believe this, but they they have made me feel bad for him because Last Jedi is an awesome flick. It really is, and it and it's 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 a great sequel to Force Awakens, I think. But it's not like Force Awakens. Right. It doesn't rely on nostalgia. Hell, the one time where they really rely on nostalgia in this movie, I find, is when, and this is where I, I'll be honest, I did cry in the theater when this happened, uh, when R2-D2 projects the hologram of Princess Leia. And and I was like, wow, that's that's almost a Force awakens type move. And then what does Luke Skywalker say? That was a cheap move. I read something interesting, man. I read Vanity Fair had an amazing piece that, that drew some parallels to how Ryan Johnson and like in this movie was like kind of kind of swinging back at Rogue One and like because Rogue One is if you were in people who are anti that movie's too nostalgia yes yeah. see that's the opposite of it um, it's the complete opposite of this movie and the uh, the remember Pig Face Guy the par- I do remember Pig Face Guy <laughs> the parallel they were drawing or the at least the what they were reading into with that line cheap move is like. Yeah, you had to do a digital recreation of Carrie Fisher, and that's that was what, a cheap move. And, and that's and, how we felt watching that because you and me saw that together. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Uh, I, that's exactly what I thought. So it's it, it. There is this thing running through the movie. Like Kylo Ren has this line: "Let the past die, kill it if you have to." Seems they, to be the theme of the movie. Yes, in a way, like in a way, it does because some of the things they do, even literally the gold dice. Which, mm-hmm. which, like they literally are, they, they fade away. They're out there. They like you see that happen. Like it's, it is like the remnants of the George Lucas influence on these movies is gone after this movie. Like pretty much, 
not count like side characters because that I mean let, let's face it, I don't think Chewbacca Chewbacca may do something like you know nice and sacrificial in episode nine I have no idea but let's face it the core three are gone they're gone but all right let's circle back to the beginning here a little bit because the beginning like right off the bat is where you have people that are diving off the Titanic um, and it's <laughs> it's it, it, I mean the, I'm gonna keep playing my instrument. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to keep on playing because this ship is worth a damn. General General Hux becomes basically kind of a comedic villain in this movie. Yes. Right from get-go. I mean, now granted, in Force Awakens, and I've talked about this with you before, he's a little campy. He's awful. I hate him in that movie. I can't stand that stupid speech. Oh, the speech is the worst part. Actually, that's probably my least favorite part of the whole movie. And this is nothing against Domino Gleason. Right. The, if you see any of his other performances, he's fantastic. He is nothing like this. Or at least that one scene. And I think Ryan Johnson actually used that. And like, kind of did what I like to think that we would have done. Where, this guy's a joke. <laughs> exactly. He is well, like, who, like, who is this clown? You know? It's just... And so this was one of those moments. So let's talk about th- this moment because I'm actually, even in the theater, I, I, I thought it was a little strange. But I, uh, you know, but that's the thing with Star Wars. If you think something is even a little strange or a little off and then you just kind of brush it off, you can guarantee that the rest of the fan base is going to explode over it. But there's the what I like to call the call waiting scene uh, with, with Poe Dameron calling General Hux and basically having a little bit of fun with him. You know, and it takes Hawks like an insurmountable amount of time to figure out that he's being played. And it's kind of jokey. It's fun. It's it's good natured. It shows kind of Poe's moxie, which we've seen in Force Awakens. But a lot of people think that this, of, of course, in terms of Star Wars humor, was, was going way too far. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I can. I mean, I'm, I'm sure it was your theater. Like the theater was busting a nut with this man. They loved they were. this bit. They were yeah, huge fans. Yeah, man, they were a big, big fan of of, of Poe Dameron on uh, on Showtime of the Apollo. It was great. <laughs> it was and, open mic night. Yeah, galaxy far, far away. <laughs> How about like? All right, so the the next thing of, of of significance I thought was awesome was literally we were left hanging after Force Awakens. We were left hanging with Luke just with his mouth like. Uh, <laughs> Uh, credits and <laughs> and what does he do? He chucks the saber over his shoulder. I thought it was awesome. I laughed out loud <laughs> because I, I I'll be honest. I ran a couple of scenarios in my head over the years of exactly what he could do, what or what he would do. This was not one of them. No. And once again, I was just like filled with excitement when he chucked it over his shoulder. I'm like, oh, I'm like that's perfect. <laughs> I don't care. His perform. Let's dig it. This performance is amazing. In the of all, uh, and we're talking of all Star Wars films. This is one of the best performances in any Star Wars movie. Well, much like Force Awakens, I said in Force Awakens that uh, that's my favorite Harrison Ford performance as Han Solo. It really is, and this is far and away my favorite Mark Hamill performance as Luke Skywalker. Uh, he is. He's on another level. You know, because I remember Michael telling me that he was worried that he was going to be too Mark Hamill-y. You know, like like he's just he just hasn't been in the character for so long, and it's been so long since he's been in a big movie. And he owns it within 
I'd say three seconds. Yeah. He's just there. Yeah. And he's and he has wonder a wonderful amount of screen time. Uh, he's he's the best part of the movie. Oh I'm yeah. Not taking anything away from the new characters, but to see Mark Hamill and this character, arguably the most popular protagonist in the history of American cinema, and him doing it again and in this type of way, which even Mark Hamill, which we can get into, didn't quite see Luke Skywalker as this, even though I. After seeing the movie, I was like, "This is exactly how I would imagine Luke Skywalker to be." Yeah, I mean, you know? it, it, he's rejecting it. He he wants you to bring down whatever is left of the Jedi to where it just goes away. He, uh, uh, but and and, it, and that's what makes the end ending of it where it's like, and the scene with where he finally has to bring it all home with with Yoda makes it all beautiful because it's this great callback to things and it's this theme of you have to embrace failure in order to move on and succeed. It was like. It gets into some really interesting, deep territory, surprisingly for a Star Wars movie, that Empire doesn't even come close to touching with this type of this type of level of, of dialogue, this level of character. Like, Empire is full of character development and, and such. Like, that's, that's what makes it so good. This gets into deeper, like, I mean, more of a modern cinema level, you know, where we're going to, we're going to really get down to what what causes these characters to to be full of fear to reject to succeed to move forward and it really is like it it's it's a performance like i totally didn't see coming i mean it and it's not necessarily segue but like i w- i was really more focused on how carrie fisher was going to be in this movie considering it was the last time we were going to see her and I, I, she was fascinating to me man because i thought she came across like very frail yeah, I thought so too. It looked like she was on death's door the whole movie, and I don't know if that's the way she decided to play Leia, or if there if, if there was uh, something wrong with her even at the time. Yeah. Of the filming of the movie, yeah, because you know, like that was always one of my minor complaints with Force Awakens is everyone that that's back from the originals just seems amazing, except Carrie Fisher. Something seems off, and it seemed with the exception of one scene in Last Jedi. I think she seems more off uh, in this movie. So let's talk about the one th- another. This the, I'm trying to lead us to another big point of contention, and we still haven't even finished off really Luke's yet. With uh, and, but we we will as we're kind of moving through the plot here too. And near in the I guess first thirty minutes of the movie, the scene where Kylo Ren's about to fire on the bridge, he doesn't, but his buddies do. And she's just sucked out into space with "It's a wrap." Admiral Akbar himself, he's done. Um, she is just out there, like in, in in space, which we've never really explored with Star Wars characters. Just being out in space is just not something we've seen without them being, you know, surrounded by a ship. And she and she uses the Force to pull herself back in. In another scene where the audience just came unglued, like it was just this incredible thing that we've never seen. But this is a point of contention that people don't seem to be on board with. They think there's no way she could have done this. And that's just <laughs> one of many points that's just laughable to me. Well, I remember seeing it in the theater, and that was the first real what type of moment for me. And it's and I always try to remind myself, you know, this is a galaxy far, far away. Everyone in this movie is an alien every single one of them and including the humans <laughs> and uh 
you know, you can try to rationalize it. Space doesn't work in their galaxy like it does in ours. Um, it, 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 might, it might take me a bit to get to fully ex- embrace it, but it, it was, for me at least, probably the strangest moment in the entire movie. It, it was, and it's simply, honestly, because I'd never seen it before in Star Wars. And, you know, it, was, it wasn't even something that I could, th- that I would think was possible because, I mean, it puts her on life support, I remember. Yeah. Uh, when, when she pulls that off. And it's like, yeah, and, and I remember in the theater, everyone thought she was dead. Yes. And, and just like, oh, wow, that's how they're going to do it. You, you, you know, like, did they just, like, re edit something to, f- you know, to figure out a way to get her out of episode nine. But then I thought, well, no, 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 they, they wouldn't do that. They wouldn't kill her, you right. know, because because that would be in poor taste in their eyes. But um, I, I do I do see the, the contention to a point. Now, there are some people that I think that are overblowing it a little bit. Like the common phrase that I keep hearing is, oh, you know, remember that scene where Carrie Fisher turned into Leia Poppins? And uh, like I've seen that pop up a couple. I just of want times. those people to go away. Just go away. Just take <laughs> yeah. a lap, man. It's ridiculous. Just come on. Like, it thirty years passes between movies. Do you think she never like stopped by? Hey, Luke, can I get a lesson? You know, I'm, I'm just well, kidding. Yeah. I'm, I'm being she, very blasé about it. But no, 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 no. No, that's it. I think that's exactly what it is. Because you know, I remember I've even read reviews that are actually incorrect, <laughs> where they're like this is the first time we've ever seen Leia use the force and she uses it harder than anyone's ever used it. It's like, well, I mean, technically she did use it in the empire strikes back. Right. You know, it's right at the end. I, mean, I don't know how people could forget that, but, um, it's as Maz Kanata said, eh, a good question uh, for another time. You know, it's just one of those things. You just got to let it go. Yeah. It's, it's not so over the top. It's not a lightsaber battle in space where everyone is just floating. Oh, wow. you know, imagine like, that. Like it's not it's not Obi Wan and Anakin like in the fiery pits of Hell Planet, you know, just <laughs> trying to send each other over the uh, over the lava. You know, it's not it's nothing like that. It's just I've never thought of this before. Yeah. I, I wonder if that's possible. And once again, it's the Force. Like, and we we're we're definitely going to get into the other thing in the Force. Yeah. Uh, that happens in this movie that I am genuinely. But like I, I can I can give a little leeway with the Leia thing. Like I can see where people are coming from, but I'm genuinely surprised at how many people have a problem with the with the other thing that happened. Oh yeah. Before we get there, so let's talk about like our actual characters. We've spent a lot of time now with the the, the trilogy, the classic trilogy characters. Like we're Ray's headed. We're uh, Finn waking up and is uh, you know naked and leaking uh, moment. I laughed out loud. Yeah. I loved it. Like whatever it was that BB-8 said to Poe Dameron. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, and Poe repeated it back, and I was like, "Oh my god!" And then he, and then Finn comes out. I was dying. I was like, "That's really good." It. They do some interesting stuff. Poe is a, is very much all over the place in this movie, and in many ways, he he kind of gets some of the most like growth in the movie, just because he has to kind of come to terms with the person like who he thinks he needs to be as a member of the resistance and well, who and who he actually needs to be. He's also the character that needed it the most because Force Awakens I believe goes an hour without him um after the crash on Jakku. Yeah. Yeah. He, you know, cuz I believe Poe Dameron was originally killed in the movie after that crash. And you know, he came back and 
he's a great character. You know, it's, it's a good thing they kept him. And yeah, and you definitely, I definitely, at least me, went into this movie wanting to see more of him. It's interesting too seeing uh, Finn just want to bail again. You know, isn't it? And I thought it was interesting. I don't think it's bad. It's because like it's not bad. I mean, because let's face it, like this guy just wanted to get away. Like he never really wanted to be fully in this. Sort of like Han Solo wanted to bail at the beginning of Hot, at the beginning of Empire. Like he, he's like, all right, man, kind of done here, checking out. But the thing that keeps bringing back Finn is Ray. Right. He he cares. The only thing he cares more about than escaping and getting away from the First Order is Ray. Right. And that that adds a nice human quality to him. And it, it makes it okay. Now, what he ends up doing after he after he basically is, is stopped from leaving, that's another issue. So let's break this down. So the whole the the plot moves into a different direction when Leia's been sucked out into space, she pulls herself back in, she's on life support, she's having a good day. Laura Dern, <laughs> purple hair, Ellie steps up and is like, yo, I'm now running this. Uh, I'm the captain now. I, I'm. <laughs> Was that right? No, no, no. no. There's, there's got to be more than one option. <laughs> so, like, so she He's steps. Captain, no. <laughs> it, but it is kind of. Isn't it kind of weird that she does not reveal like what they're yes. gonna do? This is one of my biggest problems with the movie. I think it would have... Because this is basically the plot that they give Poe. Right. Uh, or the, because I'm like, okay, so we've got a mutiny subplot here. This is interesting. I thought she no, was a we, heel, too. I thought... I did, she, too. Yeah. I thought, I thought we had a Crimson Tide type of movie oh. going on here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in command of this ship! <laughs> From Jerry Brooker. <laughs> and Don Simpson. <laughs> Laura Dern. <laughs> Oscar Isaac. And BB-8. <laughs> Crimson Galaxy. <laughs> That's Great nice, man. Anyway, so, yeah, it's that reveal. because So let me get this straight, uh, just from the first viewing. So the plan, so, so, so let's break the subplot down. Because this, this is a complaint on top of a complaint from everybody. So... There's a whole subplot going on here where the First Order is chasing the Resistance for basically the entire first and second act, if you want to call it that. Um, and they can't quite get to them. And the the Resistance only has enough fuel to do one jump to light speed. But the First Order has a tractor beam or a GPS location unit that can track you during light speed. So... They can't. They can't, They just can't leave, and they're just trying to stay out of the range of the gun. So, what is Laura Dern's plan? She wants to get everyone into escape pods, shoot them out, and then take the. Was this a suicide mission the so, entire time? It might have been. Like, I think the idea. Like, that's my only question. Well, that's, the, that's the only thing that doesn't make sense. So, her. I think, and this is the part that unfortunately Poe does not learn about until. Like he's, and why not? I, 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 it's weird. Like it is something that is weird in the movie. But I also like the idea that plans aren't perfect. Like that things are not necessarily 
perfect in movies. You know what I mean? Like, it's easy to craft this stuff on a page to where, like, everything fits very nicely. At the same time, like, as we know in our own lives, you know, things can go erratic if we, if we just would have learned a little piece of information. Things could have gone a lot different. That being said, right. though, it is weird. It is very weird it, because... It's weird, and I was very confused when Leia woke up and the first thing she did was shoot Poe. Dude, I thought, I thought Laura Dern was a shapeshifter, all right? I'm not going to lie. I thought Ellie was a shapeshifter. From Jerry Brooks. <laughs> <laughs> and Don Simpson, the producing team that brought you Top Gun. And Flashdance. <laughs> Ow! But but yeah, man, like it, it's weird because like it sends because the whole of them plans like okay, well we need to pose like we need to stop the GPS on we need to kill the Garmin that is on board the uh, the, the 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 first well, order no, stealth bomber. Who's the person who gives them the information that they have a device on their ship that can be shut down? Because this is a weird little scene too. Am I Rose? No, it's Maz Kanata. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that's right. She's, she's, she's like following somebody she, around who she, is, who's wearing a GoPro. Yeah, she's playing paintball or something. Yeah, and then the person's just like following her with the camera. And, <laughs> and, and, just, and she's like delivering all this exposition while she's under attack. And we don't know where she is. But somehow they knew how to get a hold of her. And it was Finn who knew how to get a hold of her. I think Finn was the one who made the call. And that was a little strange. But she had all the information. Wouldn't it be great if she was like, new phone, who dis? <laughs> <laughs> That's what my dad does. This is me off. <laughs> who dis? <laughs> That's too earthy. It's too earthy. <laughs> but she tells them that there is uh, someone that they can get on the uh, the planet of Vegas. <laughs> and <laughs> and he's, he's, he's a great craps player. Or what? what, what like... Like, this sounds like a joke, but this is the uh, this is the subplot of all subplots for this. Oh movie. yeah, dude, this is an epic subplot. This is, it becomes like a James Bond movie it does. Uh, for a little bit, and and they have to go find this guy, and I forget who it was actually, like the guy that that, that they were supposed to grab, but it, it's like a famous person. It's Jennifer Anderson's husband, I think. Yes, that's what it is. Uh, I always want to say Justin Trudeau, but that's not right. Yeah, it's Justin Thoreau. 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 Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's Justin Thoreau. But they end up finding a Johnny Deppie and Marlon Brando-esque Benicio del Toro. And yeah, Wolfman Solo. Wolf. <laughs> and it's so weird, man, because I always thought that Benicio del Toro could fit into a Star Wars movie fairly well. Yeah. And his character, uh, so I, I can't take credit for this. Somebody else said this, and and it's the best way to describe him. He's Mac from Crystal Skull. <laughs> yeah. Okay, that's good. I can go with that. He is he is Mac from Crystal Skull. He's a capitalist, and they pay. <laughs> no, here we go. He was really set up yeah. to be this Han Solo character in a way. Like now we need another yeah, Han Solo. What is this? Uh, Firefly. <laughs> and 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 his methods for shutting this thing down, as I recall, are not up to snuff <laughs> because they they have to go through the casino and this and that and and get but then they end up getting to like this racetrack and then uh the last jedi has its own star trek four moment well because they, they they part they they were uh they were double parked basically on they the were beach. double parked 
And that's yes. what causes well, well, them. Well, who was that guy? That guy was hilarious. Like, <laughs> like, I swear to God, like they have like a Brooklyn in this galaxy. <laughs> like just the way he talks. Like, I, I can't even impersonate it. I was, I, I was laughing so hard when he started talking. I'm like this guy, make a toy of this guy. Yeah. <laughs> and then you think he's one and done with his one scene, but then he comes back. He's like, I'm not going to impersonate it, but he says that's them. <laughs> and, and, and then we get what I can only describe as, and, and this is, man, this really hurts me to say this, but I do not like the CGI in this scene. It looks very Obi-Wan Kenobi riding the giant lizard <laughs> in Revenge of the Sith. And it just looks weird. And it's like, oh, God, okay. It's like, well, as long as there's a point to all this, then then, it, then I'll be okay with it. But they fail. <laughs> and as it turns out, they didn't even need to do this in the first place. Yeah, it's weird. So because they don't get... Plan. They don't get... So the, the guy they're supposed to find that's got the brooch that is like got, you know, the... That's the dude that Maz Kanata says, like, you know, basically... Uh, uh, let's just let's just call it what it is. Like he's either well hung or he does lots of things really well with uh, his uh, well whatever you know. Like they allude to something sexual with this dude with. Which, That's right. Uh, he's not even like they don't even get him. They they just by co- sheer coincidence. It's running. like he was there, and because and, and, I had this discussion with Michael, I was like, when did the first order pay off Benicio? Because he just happened to be there in that little uh, in that little cell with them. And he had all the information. He seemed to be up to date on the plot, you know. And, and unless sudden, they just captured him first on the Star that's Destroyer, the only, that's the only thing I'm willing to accept. On the stealth bomber Star Destroyer, thing looks like a plane. And they pay. <laughs> but yeah, man, you're right. So like, by the time they get to that Star Destroyer, I mean, and I, I, I think all the stuff they had to do is pretty cool. Breaking on board of like, I thought this was an, if this was actually what what the plan was supposed to be it was pretty neat. We're going to have to break, like we've never seen these guys actually have to sneak on board a Star Destroyer to do something. I've always wanted to see that story in Star Wars, how you would do that, do an executive decision in space, basically. Oh. Would have been neat. Steven Seagal's hanging on the end of the Star Destroyer. Like, I'm still there. I can make it. <laughs> oh, God. But, um, uh, but you're right. Laura Dern completely upends this and says like, yo, and Basically, Leia's just like, yeah, make my day. <laughs> and yeah. and it's like, yeah, we're releasing them in the escape, escape pods because they're going to the planet of steel or whatever that like... Crate? <laughs> there you go. Is it Crate? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, but, yeah, the one with the red sand blood. Yeah, whatever the hell that is. Yeah, that, that, that planet. Which essentially, do the other part of that? It, what's? Oh no, no, no! Sorry, that, that'll that'll come out later. But yeah, it's 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 interesting. Like that's that. It definitely would have been nice to have heard that early earlier on. But and you're right. Like it is this thing that like it, it's. I need to see it a few more times to see if there's something else that like can make it fit well, better. As far as I could tell, the only the only payoff that we really get, and it is a hell of a payoff is that it gives us Finn versus Captain Phasma. Right. And that's what I wanted. Like, I wanted that. That was one of the things that... I try not to do this, but that was one of the things I wanted to see in this movie. And I had no idea I was going to get it. Granted, it's a fairly short fight. And once again, Phasma 
does oh man she really doesn't have much more screen time here than she did in force awakens no uh-uh. and that's unfortunate because it's a it's a i mean it i don't want to say she's a great character she looks cool yeah you know like like boba fett and uh and she's got it's gwendolyn christie and she's got a great voice so on that level i like the character what if she's not but, dead I mean, wouldn't that be awesome like, that would be cool <laughs> I did like that a part of her mask got, or part of her helm, her, her helmet, her part of her helmet got knocked off, and you just get to see her eyes. Yeah, and uh, the utter disdain that she has for Finn. <laughs> but uh, that's the only payoff I could really find. And, and I know that they were trying to introduce a new character there with Rose. I remember uh, Entertainment Weekly trying to buff her up quite a bit over the last six months. That uh, this is the the hot new Star Wars character that's uh, being introduced and i'll be honest dude i she didn't leave a, a, a print on me i do um, think it's neat that you you have you're you're having characters that are basically like the lowest level like mechanics in the resistance like can be elevated to become characters in the story because every other star wars story like they're either they're either jedi knights or they're the leaders of the of the alliance slash resistance well, whatever sure. you want to call it it's neat Finn's to see them try Finn is the greatest imperial janitor of all time that's why they want him back because nobody can mop the floors like finn does man quite literally yeah so like all right let's all right we need to talk about ray we need to try and truck through this as, as quickly as we can though too ray when it comes to dealing with luke and then with kylo ren because now we have this whole thing where she and him can see each other through the force and talk to each other like they're right next to each other yeah, it's pretty cool. <laughs> it, it, and I know some people have problems with it, but man, when I first figured out that that's what was going on, I was like, this is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Like it, it opens up a whole new level of storytelling um, in, in, in the Star Wars universe if something like this is possible. And it was, again, like it got to comedic levels. Like, you know, he doesn't have a shirt on. She tells him, can you at least put a shirt on? Like, you know, it, he, uh, he didn't even acknowledge that she said he that. knows so that he's like, nah, he just knows so bad. Uh, uh, uh. That's how it comes, baby. <laughs> <laughs> but Kylo's having a, uh, his whole story. And this is, is the pull, the pull to the light is becoming increasingly, uh, stronger. And Ray feels it. And she tries to bounce this off of, Luke Skywalker and once again you know like knowing what this movie was knowing that we were going to have to deal with Rey and Luke Skywalker being together you just assume that it's going to be like Empire where Luke gets training from Yoda I think Luke trains her in exactly one scene uh, in this movie and it's a great scene but I mean Luke just does not want to do this he's not like Yoda and he's not really like Obi-Wan Kenobi in that way either and because you know, we always say Obi-Wan Kenobi is manipulative, like the way that the way that he talks to Luke in, in episode four and even in episodes five and six, really. Or like, what's that one thing he says when he's sitting down, just taking a breather? You were our only hope. I guess the Emperor's like, already won. Hmm. I guess the Emperor's already won. And it's just you I, I, I'm trying to keep this PG, but I've never liked that. I'm just like, my God. But Luke is just flat out. No this is horrible well she uses the force and like it and she's like dude you went directly to the dark side you can't do that man that's a great scene yeah you can't do that man (laughs) that's that's an awesome scene too because luke feels the pull from for her to the dark side kind of like kind of like yoda but it actually terrifies luke 
Yeah. And that becomes, we, we should bring it up now real quick. Like the whole, there's a mystery about what happened with Kylo, with Ben Solo slash Kylo Ren and him. Like, did Luke try it's to really kill him? Cool. It is. It's really cool how it, this is handled. Because you know what's neat, man? It all comes down to the whole point of view thing. Right. So we get two sides of the story and the actual truth. And the truth is actually somewhere in the middle. Between yeah. Kylo Ren's version of the story and Luke Skywalker's. Neither one are actually true. You know, like both favor the other person depending on who's telling it. But the what actually happened is somewhere in the middle. And I really like that. And I can definitely see where Mark Hamill would have had a problem with the uh, with the character here. I do see that. However, I'm okay with it. I think it I think it adds a whole new layer and a whole new dimension. The fear that all this could start all over again. Right. And, and he hesitates. Older. That's what's neat, though. He actually he hesitated, and he realized he could. He wasn't going to do it. Yeah. He was. He wasn't going to do it. And then you see Kylo react to it because he wakes up in time to see it. And you, but it's it's pretty much told to the audience that Kylo would have uh, turned to the dark side anyway. Right. Yeah. Right. Uh, just Luke could could not. He had. I mean, if you go by Jedi lore from the movies, basically what was happening to Luke was that he was inadvertently being pulled to the dark side. Right. By right. just for thinking like that. So, like, it's such an interesting idea. It's such, you can, just from t having this conversation with you, you can see why so many people are attached to these movies. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, just, it's just such a compelling human interest story. Like, at the end of the day, that's kind of what it is. You know, it's a, it's, a, it's, it's a story about the human condition, and I love that about Star Wars and, and how it, it, it tells the story in its fantastical type of way, yet it is very relatable. How neat! How, it, it's it is neat how they they did literally just do the empire scene where she's like, "Yo, I gotta go," and he's like, "Please don't." And she's like, "Uh, uh, gotta go." Um, yep. And but then we get the sacred Jedi text scene, oh. which is, for my money, oh. not knowing that was coming, and especially that it was a puppet. Yeah. That is the best scene in the movie, for me. It's uh, that was the scene where I got the most emotion. I would say, dude, and, the and only that one that's right. close to that is him and Leia. Okay, see that's what I alluded to earlier, right? You know, where I said there's one scene where she's on point, and everything else she looks tired. Her scene with Luke Skywalker at the end is wonderful. Yeah, but and, and, and you know what? What it really comes down to, even with the Yoda scene, is the dialogue. Yeah, the dialogue is great because this isn't Yoda from the prequels. No, this is like drunk, just kind of curmudgeoning Yoda. Yeah, ramen noodles <laughs> and, a, and a couple of Slim Jims. Yeah, it's that Yoda, and it's like, oh, that's the fun Yoda. That's the one I like. And he's got some great dialogue. Now there is one line that it's it's a it's a strange line. It's the way it's worded. I've seen people try to dissect it, but it's something like uh, "We are what they grow beyond." You remember the, when they said that in the movie? Vaguely, not very Yoda well. Yoda says that to Luke. Yoda says, "Yeah, we are what they grow beyond." And I'm like, "What does that mean?" <laughs> hmm. Like I, I've. I've I've read a couple of interpretations of it, but it doesn't satisfy me. I'm like, no, it means, it's got to mean something else. It's like, it just, isn't it it's cool? A, how it's a strange phrase. He helps Luke burn to burn it down. He's like, it's not needed. That stuff's not needed. That girl knew. That girl, yeah. the, she already knew that. And stuff. you know everything. Yeah, like it, it was, it, it was really cool to see him kind of come back in there and help balance it out for Luke. And what he, what's really neat is how they they. they Johnson does a great job of setting you up and then going a different way because you see in the water there's an X-wing in there. You yes, see you it do. in there. Oh, is he going to lift it? 
Ooh, yeah. is he going to lift it? Or yeah, is, that was the whole thing. Yeah. Is, and is he going to is he going to fly there? Because let's just cut to it. We see him once the resistance. What's left of it, which is basically like twelve guys and a couple of hammerhead aliens or something. I don't know. They they roll into the it salt. Starts to feel like Rio Bravo. Yeah, it really does. They roll into the salt. They're planet. going down. Yeah. They're yeah. They are going down. And and you're you're wondering if Luke's going to come back. Which real quick, Snoke is in there. Snoke being dead. Kylo Ren's like, yo, Ray, I ain't changing because you know when Ray eventually the the stuff with him and Ray is excellent. The theater yep. it might have been like number two pop of the night. That might have been the biggest is it, for me, for my theater is when, well, maybe either the first or second biggest, and I'll get to the other one later. But when when Kylo and Ray go back to back, yeah, uh, that got a huge reaction. And this is what I think makes Kylo Ren such an interesting character because it, it truly seemed like he had switched to the light side, which in part two, and yeah. it's like wow, like that's amazing. But no, that's not what he. Was no, he's doing. gone harder. He's gone more he, all he, in. He's gone harder. And he has a far more sinister idea than I think I've heard in Star Wars, which is <laughs> to get no, no, no. Screw the Jedi, you know. Screw the First Order, the the Siths, all that stuff. They're gone. It's like let's just have it be you and me. And it's like, oh, what? Whoa, yeah. <laughs> whoa. All right, <laughs> all right. <laughs> But yeah, man, it's it's really interesting. Yeah, that that battle between them and the royal guards, because because in fairness, you see the royal guards finally get to do something. They never they, they just were just They're window just dressing and and Jedi. But to see them, I actually, do want to point out how much I love that set design uh, yeah. for that scene. It is it is so so pretty. <laughs> but um, yeah, it and it's probably the most violent scene in the movie. Uh, it, it gets pretty intense. Yeah. Yeah, even even by PG thirteen standards, and I like that they don't necessarily dominate. Like they struggle to get through it. I like that because they shouldn't dominate. Like they they sh- like maybe Kylo Ren more to an extent because he uses all ranges of the Force. But I like that Ray like you know cuts through some people like they're Swiss cheese or whatever. But you know, um, it's not like she can dominate. She shouldn't. She just picked up the darn thing like in the last couple days. So right. I like that it was a struggle for them to get through it, but they do. And then, man, oh man, I mean that uh, uh that moment. And see, the thing I was telling you about with the trailer, everybody they 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 do that scene in the trailer, but they do it with different shots because everyone was like, "Oh, there's no way Ray's joining him because look, they're in the the lighting in those shots is completely different." Blah blah blah. It's like, nope, he actually ended up doing it, and she almost accepted and then didn't. And it was awesome. Well, I'm glad I didn't see that trailer. <laughs> no, because well, what happened, man, was everybody like because they use a different shot. They oh, they, I get oh, I get it. It's they, just, to, to even have that idea planted in my head, uh, just it builds it builds anticipation and expectation for me. Um, but the thing that I think that should be mentioned also is this is another one of those Force Awakens mysteries. We get it right here, and. You know, we had just basically Snoke just bit the dust. So that's one Force Awakens thing. It's like, oh, why not trample another? Yeah, you, you know, your parents. <laughs> Which has been teased think- throughout this movie a lot, too. She goes into that cave. She wants to see who they are. Oh, the, oh when it's the line of rays. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's really cool. Uh, yeah, I really like that. And and that delivery, it was, 
I, so many people are up in arms about it. You know that that that's they really want her to come from someplace special, and I mean even. It, not to skip to the end, but Ryan Johnson basically makes it sound like you, know, you don't even have to be special. You can just be nobody and, and you can attain this kind of power. And it, I just, once again, just kind of let it wash over me. Cause for one, I don't necessarily believe Kylo Ren and, and what he said to Ray about, about her lineage. Yeah. They're just uh, a couple of drunks or whatever. There's just like a couple it. of drunks. Yeah. There's yeah, yeah. That's basically what he said. It's just, that's it. You know, they sold you for, for booze money. Dude, the, there was this collective like oh, in the theater. I I could feel it. I could and they could hear it a little bit. People like because oh. everybody. This goes well, back to what you said. You talked about earlier in the show. What everybody wanted it to be was it had to be something greatly interconnected, and it might still be. But the fact that right now, as it stands, it's not has got people all mad and angry about well, it. Well, let's talk about this because I was like, I do want to know where she comes from. I do want to know who her parents are. But let's be realistic here. The, what people want or, or expect her to be, it's only like three things. And neither one of, and, and none of them are satisfying. You know, she's either Obi Wan Kenobi's daughter. No. Like, that just doesn't do anything for me. She, maybe she's Luke Skywalker's daughter. No. Or maybe she's Kylo Ren's sister. Yeah. And, and Han Solo was her father. It's like, okay, that, that one's kind of interesting. But it just, it's not like there's this infinite number of possibilities and, and, and it set people up, man. It set people up for an empire type reveal with Darth Vader. And I actually, I mean, even if they don't answer it, which I, I kind of do want them to, but even if they didn't, I'm still okay with it because I wasn't expecting it. Yeah. I, just, I, oh. I, I, I actually really liked it in the theater. I couldn't believe it because like I was, I, I loved the idea of her being a descendant of Obi-Wan Kenobi. I thought that would be really neat. But at the same time, man, I just love that you just basically gave a big middle finger to me and everybody who wanted to microanalyze all this stuff. And I thought it was great. I absolutely loved it because it's like it doesn't have to be so deeply interconnected. They can just come from nobody, like you said. That's exactly yeah. what can happen, and it works. Yep. Um, so I guess now, that, did, did we cover the Laura Dern? Like, just go. I mean, it's the, one of the most incredibly shot scenes in the film. Oh, it's beautiful. The, uh, the, no one can hear you scream <laughs> in space. My yeah, just silence, God. just a couple of angles, and then, bow, like, the THX decided to wake up and just blast us in the, in the seats. Yeah, 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 we covered that. I mean, there's a few other things that I've heard people complain about. Uh, Luke, Luke's Star Wars people will complain about stuff that you wouldn't even think of. Um, people, I've heard people complaining about Luke uh, milking the cow. Yeah, and, and and drinking the milk from the, I've heard about that. Like, like what the hell? He's a he's a moisture farmer now. I'm like, well, it's really not that much different than what he was doing on Tatooine, from what we heard. But you know, whatever. Right. Um, the fact that Luke referred to a lightsaber as a laser sword, which is what it was called in the original script. I, I even I think even Michael had an issue with that, and I actually loved that because it's like lightsaber like has a bit of has like a, an air of dignity to it yeah it's demeaning like it sounds to call it a laser, laser sword. sword sounds demeaning yeah. exactly yeah. it sounds like it's just a piece of junk yeah, yeah i like that i i did like that a lot because I, I noticed that word choice i was like oh that's interesting but but you know what the weird thing is the one thing i don't hear anyone complaining about and and it's and it just shocks me is the porgs i'm shocked as well I haven't heard a single complaint. 
And you know what they remind me of? What? They remind me, not, not, not of the Ewoks or anything like that, even though they're, they're cut from the same cloth. They remind me of the prairie dogs from Crystal Skull. Yeah, okay. Right on. They're, and, and how upset that those prairie dogs made everybody, and rightfully so. It's kind of goofy. But the Porgs, like, even in the theater, when, when, when the one shows up in the Millennium Falcon with Chewie, yeah. And the crowd like erupted, like ah, tee hee, tee hee. and I'm just sitting there, just no, <laughs> no, no. You know it was like cool, it. but you, uh, but you know it was neat though. Man it was like for the most part, it was not like the Ewoks were they're, in they're your not there face. Much. Yeah, yeah, they're not there much. And Chewie, you know, pulls like an Incredible Hulk with Thor and just like smacks it, and it's it, that got a nice little laugh. That, that that's almost like Chewie. I, I I also don't like that in movies where Chewie hits the porg and then it's, it's kind of like a wink to the audience, like it's all right. I don't like them either. <laughs> and it's like no, you're they're still in the friggin' movie. But um, like you said, they're not in it that much. But like whenever they would pop up, and it just like people would just get all giddy and stuff, and like oh god, it's like this is very like return of the jedi type stuff here uh, i mean it's, it's I, I mean it, it it's a disney owned thing i mean this is gonna happen right and right. i and felt like though everyone they did all right with it they 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 kept it at a, a good minimum it's in only in like a for the most part like only a section of the movie in the beginning and then not really there the rest of the movie which was what, nice what, what was the deal with luke skywalker's neighbors yeah, yeah, I, I, man, where did he live? I mean, Jesus. There's, there, there's a sitcom here. Yeah. Uh, just like Luke is the worst neighbor and constantly annoying everyone who's around him. My neighbor's uh, a Jedi coming yeah. this fall on Who Gives a Crap Thursdays. <laughs> so anyway, um, that's, that's about it for me on that front. But the final act on the salt planet with all that, uh, I mean, oh, the Imperial yeah. Walkers, where they basically do the second half of the Battle of Hoth. They do the first, they do half of Battle of Hoth in the beginning of the movie, and they do the other half at the end of this movie. Um, it's the first time I've really seen the ATATs or ATSTs actually be effectual. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> they're, 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 they're normally quite useless <laughs> in these movies. Um. Let's show, the 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 part that really defines it is when Luke shows up because it's the the play. I remember, I, I know our theater like the second you see him, it's like oh man, it's on, it is mm-hmm. on. And then he, you know, it's that whole just sequence of events. He sees Leia and she's like, I know what you're gonna say, and I changed my hair. It's beautiful. It's such a beautiful little scene where she's just like, yeah, I know you can't turn him. Just go kill him. I don't give a crap anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Godspeed. <laughs> and they and it was interesting. Like you know, he kisses her on the forehead after she kisses on the lips in Empire. I was thinking about that. I don't know why. I was like, yeah, it's it's interesting. I don't know. I was I was a little nervous to be honest uh, oh, when he was going in for the kiss. I was uh, like, wait a minute. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <laughs> um, oh dear God. The wink to three PO. You and I said was just so cool. Yep. Because as opposed to Han Solo, who loathes C-3PO, <laughs> as so evidenced by uh, the, the original trilogy, yeah, Luke was always very fond of 3PO. So, like, that that was a nice, that was a, actually just a great moment. I mean, and dude. this is when I, 
Oh, go ahead. When he walks out there after he gives that wink, and you're like, oh my God. He, there are like 10 ATATs and the blaster of all blasters that's going to go through this door any second. Well, it's also a great callback to earlier in the movie. Luke Skywalker, actually, I think he has the line, what do you expect me to do? Just go out there and, and face the entire First Order by myself? Yeah. And that's exactly what it appears that he's doing here. And. You know, and this is like right around the time where I'm getting really nervous that the credits are going to roll at any second, and this is going to be a huge cliffhanger uh, for the final movie. But no, like we actually get this, and there are all these little hints throughout this scene uh, at what eventually w- w- would become the big reveal, which is that Luke actually isn't there, and it's so great. Uh, especially even thinking back on it, like just little things that you missed. Like, of course, the one thing I caught was, you know, I, I told you earlier, um, I did. I was, I was really worried there was a continuity error with his beard because he looked like he did in the Kylo Ren flashback. Oh, I just thought he went down to sports clips and got a quick do. And was like, all right, <laughs> yep, man, I'm off. just for men. <laughs> <laughs> Preach. <laughs> and he goes out there, and uh, this looks like a dire situation. And, and it looks like we're finally going to get Luke Skywalker versus Kylo Ren. Oh, but dude, it's go one step before that. Just the annihilation of cannon fire on him. Fire everything. And it looks like when he walks through it, you're like, dude, how powerful the Force is, Luke Skywalker. Exactly. And he just. And that's what I, I think that's what everyone thought. Yeah. Like, and everyone and everyone bought into that. You oh know, yeah. What, everyone bought into that, like oh, in terms yeah. of like what you could do with the Force. And then it's like you said. Then that's when it's like, all right, I'm gonna go down there and take care of this myself. And uh, uh, you know, I mean, it's uh, it's neat because you're like, are we gonna get this too? We're gonna get these guys facing off. And that's when, like you said, and, and he gives the Obi Wan Kenobi line. We're like, oh no, are you gonna let him cut you down? Oh, you can't do this, Hamill. <laughs> what the hell? And yeah, sure enough, yeah, it's the. I will say, man, like the, the this was the, the the only moment I really popped out loud, and I went Dave Dickey popped out loud, like like, and I, I thought I was gonna frighten the families and the mutants <laughs> around me. Was like I I was so pumped when I was like, dude, he is using the force from planets away to project himself. Holy cow! Like, oh my god! Like the I, I, I it was one of the most incredible things I'd ever seen, man. I thought it was so cool. Yeah, and it turns out that it took everything he had to uh, to do it. And, and the reason he's doing this is so that the resistance can escape out the back, which they are blocked in by a pile of rocks, which Ray uses her f- fullest power of the Force yet and lifts the rocks, uh, which which is great. Yeah, it's 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 really well done, and and we get this really kind of sad and somber. Uh, Luke accepting what's happening to him, and he just he just fades away. Yeah, and it's it's actually just it's it's really beautiful how it's done. It's not the binary sunset, but it looks close enough to it. Yeah, uh, to what he's looking out at, which is just for me at least the most iconic uh, image in Star Wars. Yeah, and uh, like it's a it's a wonderful way for him to go out, and a lot of people a lot of people have a problem with this. A lot of people don't like that Luke Skywalker is, is dead. Yeah. yeah. Or, you know, I mean, again, we're, we're, there's a good chance we'll get him in the next movie still. I think so. I don't see why not. 
yeah, like that definitely seems like something that's going to happen. And but you know, being a Force ghost, you know, that's one thing. But right. you know, to, to, to see Luke Skywalker uh, die on screen, like man, that, that just sounds awful. Like you would not want to see that. I know. But I mean, like, but it's handled so well. Yeah, it's it's the it's done better. And and is I was comfortable with the Han Solo death pretty quickly. I was, too. I was shocked how comfortable I was with it. This is done even better than that mm-hmm. uh, by far. And I mean, like, yeah, man, I, I, um, and just to quickly wrap up the movie, like, you get, you know, Ray and Le- Ray and Leia talk. Ray meets Poe for the first time, which I was like, yeah, they haven't met yet, so that didn't even. I, I popped in the theater. I was like, oh yeah. Oh, I heard of you, man. Yeah, you're the you fly that black X wing. Cool. That's pretty neat. <laughs> I can yeah. use the force. <laughs> but uh, it, it, it we. We didn't touch on, but just quickly, like, like, man, after he wipes out Phasma, like, dude, like, uh, Finn has like a death wish, and he's like, dude, all I, right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go for this. I still, I still don't know how I feel about it. I, I think it could have been incredibly powerful if, if he'd gone through with it, uh, and it really would have turned the, the series up on its head because that was always one of my complaints with the original trilogy, and that was that none of the core cast members die. Like none of them. Yeah. And and I really thought that Finn was gonna do it. Yeah. And then he gets saved by Rose, and then she kisses him, which it clearly looks to me at least like it's he's not really reciprocating this. You know, he's all about Ray. And it's like and then she dies. But then she doesn't die. Right. <laughs> he's he's dragging her back. You know, it's like, oh well okay. It's it, I, like if if I have any real conflictions about the movie, it's pretty much everything that they did with Finn because I, I love that character yeah you know it's a great character and, and he's always one of the examples I use and they say that Force Awakens is too similar to New Hope and I'm always like well look at what Finn's doing you see that bit like, too you see that bit too man where Ray like uh, sees like oh I guess he does like Rose I guess I'm out and it's like <laughs> alright I guess this is going to be a plot line of episode 9 we got a little uh, quad uh, romantic quadrilateral going on here you know what I mean <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, yeah, so Finn likes Ray, and Rip, well, well, <laughs> and Rose likes Finn, and Poe likes Finn. And whoa, uh, yeah. <laughs> Remember that theory? Yes. That people thought, with, like, I'm surprised no one's really talked about that with Last Jedi. You know, yeah. There's a complaint because that was one of those hot Star Wars series for a week. Yeah. Was Poe gay? Yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, it, it's a weird ending to that movie though, because you get all this stuff happening, like you said, like all these characters some of you meeting for the first time interacting and we get this pullback on the falcon and the falcon goes into hyperspace and everybody is the resistance all 12 of its members are left or are are safe for now and then we go back to uh planet vegas where the kid is you know the finn finn jr because we have another janitor who's sweeping up the joint after they hear they tell some luke skywalker stories and he sees the does he see the falcon go into hyperspace is that what he sees he sees something. Yeah, it's got to be the Falcon because he sees something in space basically shoot into light speed. Yeah. And But what he does is he walks by a broom and just holds his hand out, and the broom comes to his hand. Yeah. Yeah, and, that, and that's the kind of the tip-off, which I, I actually really like this little scene. I just don't like it here. It's got to be the, it's gotta be the like catapult for the next movie, the next trilogy. I'm sorry, the next I think trilogy. It's for, I think it's for Ryan Johnson's thing, yeah. yeah. And and if, if they had done it like just a little bit earlier, I, I, that would have been great, but... Um, it's, 
I mean, with all those moments, like like we didn't mention it, but Luke Skywalker after he got blasted, what does he do? He dusts one shoulder off. Yeah, <laughs> you remember that? Oh yeah, after, it's after, awesome. Yeah, it's, yeah. There's that, and um, there was something else, but like like they, they had all these all these moments that that were huge that just came before it, and this is what they end on, and it just it just doesn't quite fit, you know, at least in, in classic Star Wars terms, you know, like where you would have a shot where everyone was in it. Uh, and then and then they'd be going away or, or they'd be sitting there laughing like a bunch of idiots like in Return of the Jedi. Um, but, I mean, it, if that's what Ryan Johnson wanted, that's what he wanted. I don't know. I, how about, real quick, in terms of tip-offs to other movies, do you think the gold dice was intentionally there to set up the Han Solo movie because that could be a part of it? Cause, See, we were having that discussion after the movie. We are like, do you remember Gold Dice? Well, I remember the like, original trilogy. Yes, I do remember it. In it, I just remember from the scene in New Hope where Chewie is going into the Falcon, and I see these things dangling above him. But that is it. It's never acknowledged beyond that. But those are from the the game Sabic, I believe. Which, if which I believe the lore behind it is, those are the actual dice that he used and won the Falcon from Lando with. Which, if that's oh. true, the cool thing is. You could totally that that's a great way to set people up for the Han Solo movie next year, because right. if you bring that back into you're it, you're never going to have that scene in there. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, I just thought that thing was it was interesting. It was neat because it was something that was never really fully explored in the movies. If you're one of the you know psychopaths that you know, like me that will delve into things outside the universe, I don't go too deep though, man. I, I don't like hold it against. <laughs> the movies if they don't do certain things but there are certain little cool little nods here and there or whatever but overall man like it's a hell god dang what an awesome movie to go through yeah i mean we basically just reviewed it <laughs> unexpectedly but yeah like it's that's that's basically the movie um one little callback i forgot to mention i love that luke, even luke skywalker thinks jakku is just a crap planet yeah yes <laughs> that was a nice little callback uh but like, there's this, you know, talking about all these reviews. Like, there's a lot of people that think Ryan Johnson actually hates The Force Awakens, and that's why he did what he did uh, with this movie in terms of the on the open plot strands that were left over by that film and what he did did do him here. And I don't think that's necessarily true. I don't think I don't even think he could have done this without the approval of Kathleen Kennedy and maybe even J.J. Abrams, uh, or not maybe not J.J. But uh, because J.J. came on after the movie was done shooting. But, um, you know, like, I, I want to say that there has got to be some kind of, like, some kind of Bible for this thing. There yeah. has to be. Oh, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. 100%. Like, because, if they did, because if they did something that, uh, or if Ryan Johnson did something that Kathleen Kennedy didn't want him to do, uh, she would have told him no. Right. You know, she would have told him no, as we've seen several times ever since uh, Disney bought out Lucasfilm. So... I don't but, know, but so let's get into what like got us. I, what's really been fun is going through this movie with you. Like I've calmed down. I feel like a lot. Like I don't feel like I came into this with like I was like, all right, Charlie and I are gonna chew through this, man. We're gonna get into this crap right now with these because like we've said it before. Like the, what the the blowback for Last Jedi, this fifty seven percent that it was getting for its audience rating compared to its ninety three from the critics. Holy cow. It's it, it. This is very reminiscent of what happened in the summer of 08 with Dark Knight, where it became like, well, we we're gonna intentionally lower the ratings of other movies so that we can get Dark Knight to number one on IMDb, which was just so classless. Yeah, yeah and it happened. It happened with um, 
I think I think it was number one for a little while. Uh, you know, beating out Godfather, and you know, and you have to read you have to read those ignorant comments like, "Oh, Godfather sucks," right? <laughs> Just oh, oh, oh it does. <laughs> um, That's very interesting. To start with, like, there are. There has been reports that there has been some intentional, like, like there's literally somebody with this Facebook page called, and as I told it to you, uh, I'm pulling it up here for real quick. Here it is. It's called Down, yeah, Down with Disney's treatment of franchises and fanboys. This site that claimed, like, like pretty much outright that it was going to do exactly this, like, get a bunch of bots, send them forth. And just kill the rating of this movie, um, and to a degree, like when I say they were successful, yeah, because we're talking about it. Everybody's talking about it, like it's this big thing. And when you look at the Cinema Score, which Cinema Score is people that is great polling because it polls people who are seeing the movie. It's not like these Rotten Tomatoes or even IMDb or anything else, where like literally, I you, I don't have to have seen the movie to rate it or give it a rating. I can just go on there and just be just a complete and just utter you-know-what and give it one star for just ridiculous reasons. And this is the thing I was mentioning, man. Like, like I, I, I don't... I try not to focus on one thing is the reason why I rate a movie as it is. Like, it is a com- it is an aggregate of multiple things. A movie can do one thing maybe poorly, but it can do other things so well that it picks up that thing that's that was done poorly and it averages it out. These That's rev- exactly what this movie did. This, I mean, these reviews are just like they take one thing, and they're just like one star. There is no way in any universe <laughs> you can objectively say this is a one star movie. I'm sorry. There are tons of, of one star reviews, and I, I said this to you earlier, and it needs to be pointed out. I think there is something in the IMDb, um, what's the phrase, circuitry? I don't know what you call it. The algorithm, where the first. Like when you click on the reviews, the first hundred, two hundred, maybe even a thousand reviews are all a three or less. Like there's not a single good review. And I think one, one of my favorites where I was just like, what? Because is, uh, is, is one of the opening titles, which was uh, I, I was in the theater and I started crying after 90 minutes <laughs> because of how upset he was. <laughs> like. Stuff, stuff like that, you know, where where people are so upset with uh, the Luke Skywalker thing, and, and like you said, with the bots, it's hard to tell. That's harder to tell, right? But what's what's new or what's real? There definitely, though, are human people like like they legitimately like just completely just dumped on this movie. We pulled some of these reviews, like, and I've been I've been trying to go through and figure out like which ones I would want to read because like they're. There's so many. They're just so ungodly. Like I love this one real quick. This was the worst Star Wars film ever. So many plot holes. Rey is so perfect. She had a harder life than Luke, but turned out this unspoiled, perfectly balanced person. I thought Rey worked great in the first movie, but now, and all this unexplained new Force powers. Is this Dragon Ball? Okay, this new Jedi is like level 135 and has XY powers, but Rey is level. Are you kidding? Level 398 now and has XYZ powers. And what about that mirror scene? Straight from Harry Potter. I'm s- what the what I what? half star. <laughs> yeah, you're reviewing the review? No, no. That person gave a half star. Oh, a half star. Uh, I have read several 
worst movie I've ever seen, which is classic. I mean, yeah. I just yeah. Any any giant blockbuster movie, that phrase will get tossed out, and and you know your first instinct is, well, what have you seen? Ten movies, you know. <laughs> and even so, this is better than the average movie. Um, uh, some of the other ones I've read, my my favorites are the ones of, it's like, and and this kind of ties into an old theory of mine, which is a Star Wars movie. It doesn't matter. It will be loved in a certain amount of years, no matter what. And I did love looking at some of the reviews and seeing a lot of people saying, you know, I really like Force Awake. <laughs> I, I, I like your review it's voice. It's just Jimmy Stewart going to the movie. I like your review it's voice. Jimmy, yeah, it's just Jimmy Stewart. It's just, I really like Force Awake. It's in all the mysteries that it had. And I go to see this with the wife. And we're both just staring at each other like, was this really $28 that we just spent? Yeah, like, the, so Force Awakens has now kind of gotten this this love from the lower sect of, of people. And and, uh, and even, it even stretches back to the prequels at, to a point where, like, a lot of a lot of people don't just say it's the worst movie ever or it's the worst Star Wars movie ever. They actually, like, have a comma if they know punctuation and then say... Yes, it's worse than Phantom Menace. Okay. Or yes, it's I, it's worse than Attack of the Clones. I wanted you to bring that up because I wanted to stoke. I wanted to. I wanted to get you a little riled up with this. I was finding reviews like I want to find one that can maybe get Charlie riled up because that's my. Mad? Yeah, yeah. Is that the goal? Mind. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I've I've never been this disappointed in a Star Wars movie. Not even the Phantom Menace left me feeling this upset. As a fan who has had Star Wars tattoos on my body since the nineties. <laughs> I can't believe what I witnessed in the theater on Friday. Let's start with Snoke. In The Force Awakens and surrounding hype and fan culture, there was intrigue about his origins and identity. Seemingly countless sites were devoted to uncovering his mystery. In The Last Jedi, he is suddenly and unceremoniously killed. No explanation of his backstory or his true identity. Nothing. Just Johnson's middle finger to we, the true Star Wars fans. One star. So you remember how in Force Awakens, how uh, a lot of people like started calling J.J. Abrams Jar Jar Abrams? Yes. Well, now they're calling Ryan Johnson. They're just switching out, like, <laughs> they're switching the letters around and, and like, they're, they're calling him Ruin Johnson. Oh, I thought they were calling him Ryan Banks. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's just not right. <laughs> that would be a stretch. But, um, no, no, it's... I, holy cow! Like it's it's hard to find. Like, like I, I won't read a full one of these reviews. Like if I can occasionally find one that's like five or six stars, I'm a lot more interested in reading that. Uh, I'm I'm yet in all of my scrolling on IMDb, on my phone, I'm yet to see a ten star. And you know that's that's what Dark Knight had, you know, all the way through, as you recall. And it's I don't know because there's usually some kind of balance where it's a bunch of ones and a bunch of tens and you can't listen to either of those you got to go for everything in between like 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 someone that would give it a two like what what was it what was the one thing that pulled you through right (laughs) you know because that's what that's what a two tells me i was like there was one thing that this guy just 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 saved the movie for him like from a total dumpster fire 
Um, like I told you, uh, it's already in the sevens on IMDb. It's I, I predict that within the next three or four months, it might get below Revenge of the Sith. And that's at about, I believe, at a 7.6. And it's... I mean, it's it's completely. I re- this is almost more unpredictable for me than the movie was, and I've actually read reviews too where people are saying that they're like, oh, yeah, I, I was re- I heard that it was an unpredictable movie, and I just didn't find that to be accurate. <laughs> yeah, like, I've, I've read that. It's like, what was unpredictable about it? All right, yeah, just well, quite a bit. <laughs> I thought, like, did you really think Leia was gonna shoot Poe? <laughs> Who the hell thought that? You know. Oh, oh, and then he tried to justify the Snoke bit as, as being predictable. He goes, well, well, you got Snoke in one room, and you got Ray in there, and you know one of them's not coming out alive. <laughs> and you know, <laughs> that's almost that's almost done nuts. But um, he's like, and you know, it's got to it's got to be the, the bad guy because we got to have the good guy, Ray, in the next movie. <laughs> and now it's Jerry Seinfeld. <laughs> <laughs> I read. So anyway, like the, the, those are the, those are some of the reviews I've come across that uh, that have put a smile on my face and have, have almost it, it's it's this kind of stuff though, man. It's this kind of stuff that's that has soured me on Star Wars for so long. And and along comes these two movies, and Force Awakens and this. Rogue One's its own thing, but I I, I have truly enjoyed both of these movies immensely. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, like it's Star Wars. You know, we'll be we'll be talking and dissecting these movies, you know, forever. And I I, I went in with really no expectations, and I you know I wanted to be completely surprised. And I was hoping I'd be, you know, like your old joke. It, it, it's just the First Order Strikes Back. Right, right. That's you <laughs> and you were really hoping that it wasn't. And and I also like like it. It did follow one of my other favorite Star Wars formulas, which is. The First Order, the Empire, whatever you want to call them, they're far more effective when they don't have a Death Star. Right. I wonder what their big like toy was, is in the next movie. Oh, I know, I know, I know. Because, you know, it's got to be something. Oh, and, and another thing I thought was interesting with the movie, I forgot to bring this up. Uh, when they send out that distress signal, nobody comes. Yeah, it's the ultimate who phone, new phone who dis. Like, that, that's... Yeah, it's just, <laughs> it's just... Never heard of you. <laughs> they call me Buzz. Um, you know, it's like... Wh- Where's Snap Wexley? Right. Yeah. Yeah. He he bailed, and I think the girl, but she gets she gets blown up in one of the opening scenes, right? The other um, the other pilot that they kind of brought back from Force Awakens, the I forget her name. She's the female pilot in and that flies pretty much with Poe. Oh, I don't remember. I think she gets wiped out like in her cockpit. Like I don't even think she gets out of the in the I opening think, battle. I think so. Or it's either that or when the the hangar gets hit when they drop out of hyperspace. Oh man, I've seen people. Dude, hold on. I saw some guy. <laughs> he. Do you remember the bomb drop scene? Yeah. I saw some guy complain about that, and I was like, "What? What? What's the problem?" And he's like, well, "Why are the bombs falling down in space? Why are they falling down? What?" Like it, it, like there's no gravity, so like what's making them fall down? And I'm just like, holy cow! Like there really is just no end to the nitpicking criticism that Star Wars. Because well, I replied to the guy actually. I was like, why are there explosions in space? You know, why stop <laughs> there? Why do we? 
Why do we hear anything in space? Why do I hear TIE fighters? Right. Uh, you know, during the Death Star escape in New Hope. You know, I shouldn't hear anything. You just right. It, it's a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. You just deal with it. It's it's just we're a dealing movie. with lasers. <laughs> we're, exactly. We're dealing with laser swords and space wizards. How serious do we really want to take this? I guess the 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 last thing before we get into because we it's it'll be important to talk about last the numbers and where this thing could go. That Vanity Fair article, I tell you, it is it's excellent. And uh, this one bit that I highlighted, I thought was just really good. It references first a tweet from uh, a, a freelance writer. His name was Jay Allen. He says, Luke the hero, the POV character, is a bitter old man consumed by self-hatred, and he is never redeemed. Victory is accepting his failure. Acceptance of failure, something Lucasfilm is quite familiar with, is an overtly stated theme of The Last Jedi. But is Luke never redeemed? In Hamill's best live-action performance, live performance yet, Luke rallies when he needs to and pulls off the most powerful force-using move we've ever seen in this franchise, a galaxy-spanning feat of astral projection. Luke had to hit rock bottom, green milk and all, in order to soar to new heights. This story was always going to end with Luke reduced, Yoda-like, to a pile of clothes and far from advocating the end of the Jedi. Johnson's fir film firmly underlines how they will carry on even without Luke. And I thought that was beautiful because that really sums up really nicely. Like, like I know there's the, the, the point of contention that you can't have Star Wars without the Skywalkers. Well, yeah, you can. You can. You totally can. And I guarantee you that Ryan Johnson's going to prove that to you with that next trilogy. So, um, yeah. Unless they do some tie-in with Ray, I'm not sure if they do anything with any of those characters. We'll see. Whatever. If who, if someone gets revealed to be a Skywalker, since Ben Solo is technically a Skywalker, who knows? He's I don't technically know. a Skywalker, and and that's fine. I, I this movie, if nothing else, I, I already liked the, the new characters from Force Awakens, but it, this movie only amplified that. Yeah, and that's really the job that it needed to do in order for us to accept an episode nine where we potentially have none of the original trio. Right. Right. You know, like Kylo Ren, like I, I don't think enough praise is being thrown at Adam driver, uh, who we were all skeptical of when he was cast in force awakens. And, and, you know, we had kind of differing opinions on his performance there. I think he is phenomenal in this movie. Much better. Yeah. I think even he is so good. Yeah. You know, Cause remember when we would complain about the mask, like, Oh, we like him so much more when the mask is on. Yeah, and then, and then that's kind of like almost a backhanded slap to JJ. Take that stupid thing off, or whatever Snoke says to him. Yeah, and and it never goes back on. You know, because the whole I think the whole, it never really made sense why he would wear a mask in the first place, and because we know what he looks like, unless he was trying to emulate Darth Vader. That's, which that's I think it. He was trying to do. Yeah. yeah, he was just trying to emulate Darth Vader, and now he's his own thing, and he is compelling as hell you know he's like you really wanted him to turn to the light you know with 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 him and ray because because uh, you think about what what the possibilities could be for an episode 10 somewhere down the line uh, or an, an 11 and 12 and who would be in it you know would they bring back you know, this new trio is is kylo ren gonna survive any of this like, like there's a lot of possibilities and that's about as much as I want to speculate because, you know, like with any Star Wars fan that does this too much, it just sets them up for disappointment. Yeah, I mean, the good thing is, like, 
everyone's speculation is going to be at, at the same like kind of level. Like the, it is hard to believe what they could do in this next movie because you, they they fired almost every round they had, and you know maybe that's a good thing. Maybe it's good to just kind of let that let this ninth one be one where it's really like um, it's really a sit down and let's. We, now we know we don't have to do any of these things because they already done in the last movie. What do we want to do? And then let's do it. Right. So uh, the thing about the numbers, like it hit two, it hit two twenty. I think it was. I, I think that actually went above estimates. I think estimates. It did. Were only like around two hundred, maybe, and it definitely exceeded those. I think whether or not that audience score thing is going to be something that derails it will be found in these upcoming weeks. I mean, clearly people a lot of that 220 million are repeats so people did go back i think there's a sizable pro- amount of people that weren't deterred you know we'll see the holiday you know the christmas holiday will definitely elevate it just like it did rogue one it will definitely give it a, a solid um a solid couple weeks here coming up but I'll, I'll be interested to see where it finishes compared to force awakens because um uh, it's always interesting how these movies, in their the couple of weeks afterwards, how much they hold, how many, how much legs, how much leg, I guess, do they have to be able to stand on? Well, I think it'll, I think it'll surpass Rogue One. I believe Rogue One hit, hit over a billion worldwide, but what Force Awakens did, uh, that's that's hard, you know, like. It, I knew it wouldn't gross as much as that on the opening weekend, but I gotta remember, Force Awakens is the highest-grossing movie in North America. Yeah, it, it it's it almost grossed a billion dollars just in North America. Yeah. Like that's how I don't care what anyone says. People loved that movie, and, and that is a lot of repeat business. Force Awakens was a phenomenon when it came out, which was exactly what it needed to be. And yet, much like Empire Strikes Back, I don't think. Last Jedi is going to come really anywhere near it, but it's already a hit. Yeah. Uh, worldwide, it's already over 400 million, and it'll. My guess, honestly, I bet it makes about a billion and a half. Yeah, I think you're right. I think it definitely I think, could. I think that's a logical way to, you know, I think that's a logical estimate. Man, what a! I, I think he did an incredible job. What an incredible feat to be able to to pull off that movie. I really do think so. And I, I mean, mm-hmm. damn man, we went way over any any length we ever thought we would do for this type of podcast. But it was it was worth it just because it was fun to talk about it finally, like in depth. Well, we wouldn't have we wouldn't have done this had it not been for this reaction. That's true. Um, yeah, we would have definitely talked about other things, but it just. It has dominated, like, whenever I think about movies over the last couple of days, this is the only thing I'm really thinking about. Because it's just, it's just baffling, man. Like I said, came out of the theater thinking, oh, my God, this movie is going to be so loved. You know, like, like, if you didn't like Force Awakens, if you had problems with Force Awakens, like, this movie is going to pull you right back. And it's, it's going to be amazing. And now, I mean, it is what it is. I, it, it's the Internet. You can't trust it completely. It, it also should be mentioned, this is the second highest grossing opening weekend of all time yeah. uh, in North America, with the first being The Force Awakens. Right. So, it, I th- and once again, with it being Star Wars, I think over time, even people who didn't like it, they'll come back around. They always seem to do that. I, saw, I heard a great thing. People, like, people were like, you know, yeah, the internet and this stuff wasn't around for Empire Strikes Back, but I guarantee, like, the consensus... Oh, Empire... Lot- 
Empire yeah. did not rub people the right way right away. Like it took some, some time. Of the critic reviews were bad. Yeah, it took some time before people really embraced it. And I think it was probably it was definitely after Jedi, which is exactly what something you said. After nine comes out, people will come back and they're gonna love this. Yep. And and I'll tell you who's really fortunate in these in these situations, and and this is who the movie's really for, are either children, really small, like yeah. Wyatt or Liam, yeah. Yeah. Or, or kids that aren't born yet. Because here's the thing, they're gonna see these movies. Episode, starting from Phantom Menace, they're going to see these movies, and it's all going to be Star Wars. Yeah. They're not going to question this kind of stuff. And and that way, I guess, they're very lucky. Because there's not going to be any expectation or nothing at all. Like They're going to be able to go right to the next movie. And, oh, wow, you can do that with the Force? Yeah. You know, like That's one thing I really loved about this movie, man, is that it really, for me was the first star wars movie to really go into what it, the force is and it has a fascination with it and I, what you're capable of doing with it the, the last thing I, you know i liked what you said about that because remember how pissed off people were about midi-chlorians they're all pissed right? off that well the, that was wrong <laughs> they all, well they all got everyone got mad because it was like well why are you relegating something that's mystical to science why are you doing that? Well, this movie goes 180 the other direction, like beyond, where it's, it's like... further to what the original trilogy did with it. And, and that, now people have a, a problem with that. So I get it. Like, it's just like, well, what, what do you really want? Did you it's want Greedo? Let me guess. You wanted Greedo to show up, didn't you? You wanted Greedo in this movie. That's what it was. Still alive. <laughs> I'm still kicking. Still good. Oh, God. Well, um, dude, this... It was good to go through this. It actually made me feel a lot better um, about all the crap, just being able to share it with somebody who enjoyed it as much uh, sure. as oh, I did. Absolutely. Um, coming up with the next, when did that come out? We've got, is, it, this time it's Critters, right? <laughs> <laughs> Are we sure? we got to get that piece of crap out of the way. I, I know it's... Uh, uh, I, yeah, it's Critters. It's, it, it's April of 1986. And, uh, yeah, we're going to be looking at New Line's uh, take on Gremlins. From Jerry Bruckheimer. <laughs> and Don Simpson. And director Tony Scott. <laughs> yeah, um, Critters will be interesting to review. We've So far, the first three installments of When Did That Come Out in 86 were pretty high marks. Um, this one will probably not be as high, but you will hear all our... You know all our opinions on it on that oh it's the worst star wars movie ever oh it's, man oh i, I bet you some of these dingbats will be like oh yeah i'd love i'd love to hear i'd love to watch critters over this last jedi oh of course you will why don't you go drink some toilet water you one know? last thing i'll say about all this is that these are the same people that they think that the, that that original trilogy is perfect they think that there's nothing wrong with well even you know whether it's the special edition versions or the originals, like like there's nothing wrong with them. Like, and they are acting like also that there's never been humor in these movies. You know, uh, like I told you, I never liked that. Uh, either I'm gonna kill her, or I'm beginning to like her. <laughs> never liked that line or or Leia with the someone get this walking carpet out of my way. I'm like, All right, you know, there's always been humor of some kind, and those movies, much like the Indiana Jones trilogy, and really any movie that's ever existed, there are flaws with just about all of them. Yeah. So, uh, but to these people, like, if it's not the original trilogy, then they don't like it. And even when it is, Force Awakens, kind of, they still don't like it. So, I just, poor George Lucas, that poor billionaire. 
but yeah, critters. Yeah, critters. Yeah, that'll be the next. Um, that'll be our next go around. Uh, yeah, if you've got, if you're somebody who hated Star Wars, please tweet us. I'd love, and Charlie would love, love to hear why you hated it. It would be awesome. Absolutely, because some of the complaints are legitimate. I because I feel them too, but like you said, when everything else in the movie is just clicking, yeah. every everything else, and it just raises the movie even higher. You can let that stuff go. Yes, I. I if you that Poe race or po, sorry, um, Finn and Rose story, you cut you cut that down or cut it out. It shaves that movie by about twenty minutes, and it's the average length of every Star Wars movie, right. and it would move better. But it's just twenty minutes of a hundred and fifty minute movie, and everything else in it for the most part rocks. Yeah. So yeah, I like I know people have legitimate problems with it. But uh, yeah, absolutely. I'd, I'd love to hear like from real people about it. Definitely, and I'm sure we will. Yeah, I mean, you hit us up, hit us up on Twitter at Real Change Pod. Let us know why you absolutely hated it, or and, if you uh, loved it, or if you, or if you loved it. Please tell me you loved it. More people need to love things nowadays. It'd be great. <laughs> um, so anyway, <laughs> like we said, we're at Real Change Pod. I'm at William Rankin eighty three. I am at CM underscore stabs. And hey, next episode, when did that come out? It's going to be Critters from April of 1986.